Vancouver Island, a land full of rich, diverse cultures where you will find hippies and rednecks at the same local brew pub, blue collar and white collar camping side by side at the lakes, and old and young and everyone in between with one thing in common, we love our island. There are over 1,400 cave locations discovered so far on Vancouver Island. It's like a modern-day gold rush of adventure for those who dare to call themselves cavers. This week, we're joining my longtime adventure partner, Sean Quinton, to head under the surface to discover what lies beneath on the paths of stone below. Well, this is a real treat to be able to have a friend of mine who has been somebody who's been not just uh, an adventure partner, but a huge mentor in my life, Sean Quinton, who has had more experience climbing, caving, paddling than most human beings I have ever met. He is what I would describe as a wild islander and somebody that I have drove over the years to become more like when it comes to that sense of adventure and the ability to do it with excellence and to have that opportunity to pass on to others as well. Sean and I have had lots of different uh, adventures over the years from climbing Victoria Peak to paddling Quadra Islands, beautiful routes out the back, um, going doing a couple different portages over the years and we've done different cave explorations as well. This particular adventure that we're about to embark on was I it was it wasn't one I will never forget. This one was a real a real doozy for me and I'm really looking forward to diving in and joining the journey. So, buckle your seatbelts as we head underground to a caver's paradise. Okay, here we are on the road again. How you feeling about this morning, Sean? Ah, uh, good, good. Get a little bit of coffee, keeping me awake. Nice. Yeah, headed up, uh, up on head towards the North Island. Oh, beautiful morning. So, like, uh, first I'll give you a little bit of an introduction. This is Sean Quinton, longtime friend and co-worker and co-adventurer. We've done a couple different things before. Yeah, a few. A few. A most, few. Of them, most of them haven't gone too sideways. No, but. no, we've got out of most of them, but yeah. we've uh, we've had a lot of fun exploring, especially the North Island. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so today we're going to be doing a little bit of caving, and we'll get more into that. But, uh, Sean, tell me a little bit about your love for this area. Why why, why this area? Why North Island? Why Campbell River? Uh, I don't know. I just, I came out way back in the day to do, uh, do a leadership program to come become an outdoor leader and kind of really never left. I went back and forth to where I grew up in Ontario a little bit, but yeah, I just, it's the, the, the island is the, the deal, man. It like is. particularly the North Island and stuff. Oh, so many opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. Like, even, I just like think of all the different things that we've done together, like from going on Victoria Peak, from exploring like caves up on Menzies Mountain yeah. back in the day, working at camp together, yeah. canoe trips, Quadra yeah. Island, the list goes on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The ocean, the mountains, the underground, oh, look at the Prince of Wales. I know, man. I know. So right now we're kind of in the area of the Prince of Wales range, uh, which has got Menzies Mountain in it, Mount Milner, Mount Roberts, and then Mount Cusum. Uh, which I've mentioned in, I think, a different uh, podcast where we talk about the Cusum climb that happens up in that area uh, by Sayward. 
So that's kind of the general area yeah. that we're headed yeah. into today. Yeah, we're a little secretive about caves, but that's all right. So yeah. we won't give you the exact coordinates, but that's just kind of to protect the caves from the people. So, you know. It's kind of the bonus of the episode. Yeah, exactly. You get to kind of go there. You don't get to know where it is, but you do get to go exactly and be there at yeah. one level. Or another. I mean, we're really blessed on the island, man. We have like more than fourteen hundred caves. Fourteen hundred? You serious? Yeah, I didn't yeah. actually know that. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, and it's just like it is really, really insane, man. Like, and that's known caves. That's known caves. There's yeah, there's at least probably on my list at least five or six, as we call cavers call them leads that I haven't just had time to get to. I don't know if I ever will. I just have way too many things going on. But yeah, so I moved out. Yeah, I moved out to BC to become a sea kite guide. My plan was to head back to Ontario and start my own company, but I quickly figured out that a this was a great place. And my wife, um, wow, at that time would have been my fiance was super stoked to move out here too. So we like totally brought it here. Got my parents out here. My sisters out here. We like my whole side of the family is all out here now. So. That's awesome. That's uh, you know that's what that's my wife's story too. You know, brought her to the island. She came. Well, I didn't bring her to the island, but she came yeah. to the island and then never left. Yeah, it's just kind of that kind of a place. Yeah. So for kind of a classifications of caves, there's a couple different kinds of Vancouver islands oh, like limestone, sure. karst. Like, yeah. So, so 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 karst and limestone are similar. Karst just refers to the cave landscape. Yep. So um so karst can be a limestone cave, but they also could be gyps- gypsum cave, like so like drywall. Yeah. But um. That's um, their relative. I don't even know if we have any of those on the island. Right. To be entirely honest, that's a relative. Where you're thinking more like um, the stuff you see on Planet Earth caves, like sure. um, the big uh, Lechagia cave. Yeah, is a that's mostly gypsum cave. Oh, okay, so that's why they they tend to form crazier crystal shapes like the stalactites and stalagmites. So we have limestone distillation caves. The cave you were in when we were up working with camp together, that's an actual Fisher Cave, yeah. which is actually a relatively rare cave system. That's from frost, cracking it, and geological pressure. Um, then there's also, there are a bunch of different caves. One I would avoid is mud caves. They're actually mud caves just below the museum in Canberra River that the town has actually blocked off. Oh, good. Well done. <laughs> mud caves, you know, dirt caves, not, not so stable. Yeah, exactly. No, no, that doesn't, that doesn't sound like And mud. then you also get... Um, uh, stuff like well known is the um, uh, Bigfoot. What's the other word for Bigfoot? Um, Sasquatch. Sasquatch caves, which are near Hope. Yep. So those are they're famous and they're on the internet. Whatever you're welcome to go to them all you want. They're uh, just big. If you want to call them glacial radics, or big rocks piled on each uh, on top of each other and form a little cave system, just as the rocks are piled. Right. So they're. Um, and though most cavers don't consider them like really great caves, but they are another type of cave system, and they're called talus caves because right. it's just like giant pieces of talus. Which is the one like on Menzies that we found. Was yeah, talus, right? that's a Fisher Cave actually, which oh, okay. is weird. Okay. It's a talus caves and Fisher caves are very similar. Yeah, because remember how that one is. What's, more, so what's like? What's the difference? What's so the, the one is difference? rocks piled on top of each other, one where the other one is a crack in the ground. So if you think about when you enter that first cave up at Menzies, right, that's a crack. Yeah. Okay. On the ground, right? Yeah. Like it's more like a canyon. Yeah. Right. Like, um, and so um, to give kind of a picture of what we're talking about, it's like a full-on split through the earth. Like you would yeah. miss it if you were fifty yards one way or fifty yards the other. But then all of a sudden, you'll see a split in the earth. Like, it's yeah, literally just yeah, exactly. a massive crack, but then yeah. it turns out to be a cave. Yeah, yeah, and that one that one qualifies as a cave. So, to, so, yeah, we have limestone caves are most of what we have. And so limestone, there's a whole uh, thing about limestone. But 
Um, so about 80 to 90% of the caves that cavers are interested in are mostly limestone caves or obviously if you're in an area where there's gypsum or other materials. Sandstone, we do have a few sandstone caves. I hear some, I've never been to them, but on, I think, Denman or Hornby because there's a lot of sandstone around there. Sure. Any rock that's soft enough to, so that's why limestone and sandstone and gypsum do do well. Right. Soft enough to uh, be mechanically or chemically eroded or both. Right. So not the least resistance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I mean, to think about um, the limestone here. It depends on how you how you your worldview is, but generally, most people identify that the limestone we have here is from probably originally from Southern California, a shallow sea there, and limestone is mostly calcium. So sea creatures die and they settle down and through like diatoms. Is that, is that yeah, the same yeah, kind of yeah, yeah, similar. Yeah, and they they get squished through pressure. And so they form a sedimentary rock. Yeah. And then through you know plate tectonics, it's moved up here. And of course, the island's going up. And with all that cracking, it creates cracks. And the water running through it, um, basically, most people cite the last ice age, um, eroded both chemically and mostly mechanically eroded and created the, the caves. And you get kind of a key shape is kind of the classic. So it starts with a lot of water. And as the water levels dropped, it, it kind of the cave forms from the top down. So you get this kind of classic keyhole shape. And actually, keyhole cave, if ever you get a chance to take you there, it's a perfect one. It's not very deep, right. but it's like, oh, look, skeleton key. Click. <laughs> so it looks like a skeleton keyhole, not so much like a modern key, more like a skeleton key. I love that kind of description of what you're talking about, like is way, the way that all the sediment and everything has made yeah. what's going on, because there are so many different areas that you're like, there's gotta be a cave. And usually, there yeah, is, yeah, 1,400 yeah, caves. Yeah, exactly, and it, and it depends. And so a lot of the cavers, so, uh, I mean, thank uh, the loggers, quite often will come across a, a, a hole and go, oh, there's a cave here. So most of us have got a lot of our knowledge from the loggers yeah. um, finding holes because caves are under water river systems mostly. There are some, obviously dry caves as well, like the Fisher Caves up on Menzies are dry. Yeah. But, um, uh, those areas are protected because they're waterways, and they're also protected because they're just interested. Yeah, interesting, right? Yeah. But um, like the Menzi ones are protected. Um, that area has never been logged because it's just cool. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's got all old growth yeah, all yeah, around right, it, exactly. probably because originally that's what was found. Yeah, 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 yeah. One of my missions actually make sure that stays protected. Yeah, <laughs> they absolutely. don't log that. Um, so is that something that's in integrated inside of like the surveying process? Is yes, that... yeah. So like one of the guys that uh, we both know, um, Barry Falk, actually surveyed some of the original caves I used in another location for some of uh, the work I, I take kids out and teach them about cave systems and stuff like yeah. that. He did some of the original, not into the cave, but finding the entrances and stuff like that yeah. uh, way back in the kind of late 70s and early 80s when he was with uh, working in forestry. So Right, yeah. So, Lots of different opportunities. Yeah, for it. it's super interesting, and it's still they've still theorized that anywhere to sixty to seventy percent of the caves are still undiscovered on the whole earth. See, it's, that's just cool. Yeah, that's just so cool. You go, when you start hearing things like that, like you're like mountain peaks. Yeah, most people have been on all the mountain peaks at one point or another, and you're like, nah, okay. But then you hear something like that, like you see sixty percent. 60 to 70 percent and that number may vary a little bit now i don't i haven't think but yeah there's still stuff you still know that explains so much more about you and your sense of adventure and why you love caving because i know that you have a huge sense of adventure 
and I didn't really necessarily understand the whole caving connection. But when you've got that many things to discover still. Yeah, and it, 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 it is almost like gold rush mentality to get a new area, like one well-known cave area, uh, but it's almost inaccessible. I mean, you can hike up to, it's called White Ridge, and so you get to the town of Cold River and you can see this gray white ridge, and that's uh, Q5, and it's actually some of the deepest caves in the, in, in Canada. Q5, yeah, Next, Q unpack that for me. I don't know if I know the actual under, it's just what it's been called. Like, so they assign, most of the time they have more normal names, like the- Oh, the, sorry, that was a name, not a technical no, designation. No, 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 it's, oh, okay. like, oh, no okay. it's the name of the cave is called Q5. Gotcha. And it's a crazy cave, you look at it, it's almost all drops, because it's the top of this mountain. It's really cool. That stuff. is really cool. Well, I've never had a chance. A bunch of us have always wanted to charter a helicopter and get up and land and then kind of explore it. But yeah, so there's all sorts. There, the the generally speaking, we're getting close to the turn. Yeah, you bet. Um, generally speaking, the uh, the um, Ministry Force has been pretty good about protecting the caves and stuff like that. And it's caves with very significant areas, like Candlestick Cave is known for its beauty, and it's a one in, once in a lifetime. Uh, cave, and that's a similar area we're going today. Just because it's so fragile, they have a caretaker, and you only can go in with the caretaker. So you get to go once in your life. That's pretty cool. Yeah, my son and I, who are both big cavers, are trying to determine when that once in our lifetime is. That's, that's kind of a big, yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. That's a big deal because if it's one time, you're like, you kind of want to. Are they are they sensitive about pictures and stuff like that? Uh, of it, you or? can take pictures. It has some some crystals that are purple which are extremely rare so we get white kind of uh, any any of the chemicals that's another process when you get the formation of stalactites but i can get into that but any of the chemicals where where the water runs through so like normally because it's calcium it's mostly white or clear right but as you would like, normally see in like yeah, a show yeah. so yeah. so if you have iron or any of these i've seen copper so that that's blue so you get some of that but oh that's cool Purple is pretty rare, and I there is a, I can't remember the I, somebody's told me the chemical that does that, but I can't for life me remember exactly what that is. But anyway, but a candlestick cave, yeah. that's what they have. Yeah, exactly. Case. And so it's one of those things that uh, um, they have it rotating. Now, if you get to get to be the caretaker, hey, you get to go in quite a bit. Totally. Um, relatively, I mean, it's when people request and stuff, and you have to wear they like you have to wear an entirely clean cave suit and all this stuff. It's actually pretty strict and protected. That's cool, though. Yeah, That's exactly. cool to have places like that that are yeah. preserved in that kind of a way, that are respected in that yeah, exactly. way as well. Exactly. And there's a fair number. Ministry Force has also some public caves. So you get, like, um, Upana Caves, which is out beyond Gold River. It's a great spot. Provincial Park, right? Uh, no, Ministry Fort. Was right, it? Forest Rexite. Is it Forest Yeah, oh, okay. Forest I, thought it was, I thought it thought it was provincial. And, um... Uh, no, Horn Lake. Horn Lake is provincial. Horn Park. Lake, that's Horn right. Yeah, Horn Lake. Yeah. yeah. And if, if there was ever a kind of a national caving spot, that would probably be one of them because it's definitely got the most, some of the most cave visits. Right. And stuff. Right. Um, and uh, and, and Houston, Houston Cave Park's another one. There's a few other small ones kicking around, if you know. Um, and there's some listed on the internet, but like Coral Cave above Tassis, but somebody bought the end of the road and they don't let you over it. And right. frankly, in some senses, that's not a bad thing because Coral Cave is actually a very dangerous cave if you're not. Like, it's got lots of holes and things that you could actually hurt yourself in if you're not an experienced caver. Absolutely. Yeah. And, I mean, that's that's kind of the whole thing about caving is yeah, that it's exactly. not something that you just want to go like, hey, let's go and just experiment and see how this goes. You kind of want to go with somebody who's who's yeah. gone before I, and I spent mean, a lot of time. You, Upana, you could go to. You just need to be engage your brain. I yeah. mean, that's, a, that's the one thing. When Horn Lake now... 
used to have a few open caves, but all the caves are gated now. Just because the number of times you have people like, oh, hey, man, I'm going to go get high or hang out in the back and use a lighter to navigate. And then their lighter yeah. dies and you're like, you're doing a tour and it's like, hey, oh, you guys want to come with us? We have lights here. Have an extra light. Get out of the cave. So, um, yeah, it's one of these things that it, it, it is, even at Upana, you want to be mindful because you can come you know crawl up sometimes oh it's sweet and suddenly you're like you know 40 feet off the ground or something so it's just you want to be i like the engage your brain idea because yeah. it's one thing to do that where you're doing an adventure or something and you don't really think it through and you're just kind of like oh it's fine i'll just follow yeah. the trail back but with caving it's so easy to get disoriented because everything looks pretty much the exact same everywhere you go and and also like i, I have not currently on the cave rescue response team but i have been and that's one of the things that a lot of us worry about is is just like like trying to find somebody well find somebody but also get them out cave rescues are hard it's not like we don't you know how in the first day they talk about the golden hour like you got to get to the the, it's you're lucky if it's the golden day right caving um the one advantage is most cave systems in this part of the world are pretty stable so if you're warm you're not hypothermic because caves are cold they're about eight degrees on average at this elevation as you get higher up like if you some people have heard about thanksgiving cave very hard never going in without somebody who's know what's doing it's average temperature is four degrees because it's an alpine cave right it's like a fridge yeah exactly so it's it's mindful so this is one of these things that we we're a little nervous about sometimes it's just be cautious and and like we have a whole bunch of safety things like going three today we we're going in breaking that rule slightly but we're both experienced and we have a good plan and we're going to be real cautious yeah. and stuff like that you know send a trip plan back yeah, to our loved yeah, ones they yeah, know where we're going yeah and all that good names stuff. and stuff yeah absolutely um, the other thing is always wear a helmet everybody's like oh and you see you pan and i mean i've gone in a, a little bit like a few feet in meters into you pan without a cave but like it doesn't it, take much no one and, small rock you know yeah, it doesn't and, have to be that when, big and, and also if you're crawling low stuff you hitting your head is a thing yeah and, and yeah. like I mean, you don't need a real fancy helmet. Like frankly, I've taken youth groups to Upana and used bike helmets because everybody had a bike helmet. Yeah. Lights always have a light. Upana, most of the time you can see light because it's a it's a bit like Swiss cheese. Like it's got holes everywhere. Yeah. I think we're about to do a turn. But anyways, um, did I just miss it? Uh, oh yeah, we're headed into our next yeah. turn. Yeah. We'll we'll join back with you. We'll we'll we'll, yeah. we'll step back. We'll yeah. come back. So we made it. We are now at. The cave? Are or we telling almost what, at the cave? Yeah. Are we saying the name of the cave, or is this like super ultra? No, no, secret? no. We can say Rockfall Cave. It's fine. We're not going to say where it is and stuff like that. But for sure on the North Island. Nice. So um, we're parked, and we're just uh, making sure we don't lock ourselves out of the vehicle. Kind of, you know, it's yeah. kind of be sucky to have a long walk. And um, yeah, so we don't normally always have our harnesses on um, first thing when we go into a cave. Normally do that when we get there, but we have to have a crawl and we have to drag some of our vertical gear. So it's nice to use the harness to help with that instead Absolutely, of trying yeah. to have some kind of other setup. So it makes us feel special too. Exactly. To have all this. Exactly. <laughs> and we're going to be doing it, frankly, pretty soon. Um, so yeah, we have our gear. So we have talked about the safety stuff as far as like making sure we have the first aid kit with us. So like, what's kind of like, what are, what are the things that you're like, in your mind, you're like, you have a checklist. What okay. Are the, what so, are so I look at my side bag. So if I'm doing horizontal caving, obviously vertical caving, I add all the, all that stuff, but horizontal caving, which is what we're doing today. Yeah. Uh, we're doing, well, we're doing horizontal first and then we're doing vertical. Yeah. Vertical is meaning that we're going to repel and have to send ropes to get back out again. Um, and we'll get that in a sec. So for horizontal caving, I make sure I have obviously warm layers, extra layers, three three lights. Um, 
uh, what I have in my side bag. So I carry a, a bag that goes on my side, um, and it has candles, lighter, um, emergency blanket, because mm. frankly, you can hunker down with a candle, and if you're injured, um, you can actually stay like that and stay pretty, or if you're really hyper, almost like, I'm real cold, I need to warm up, that's mm. actually a great way. They kind of blow around mm-hmm. and stuff like this, in, you know, when you're outside, but caves unless you're in a really windy cave, actually works. A lot of times they line, if they do underground cave camps, they'll line those reflective blankets around their little tanty area. Right. And oh, stuff cool. that reflect. So it works really well. So extra food, um, obviously some kind of first aid kit. We're going a little bit longer, have a little bigger first aid kit. That doesn't, um, that doesn't fit in my side bag yep. because we're carrying a pack. Normally I have one that does fit in my side bag. What else do I have? A knife, some cordage. Um, like cord, so little thin rope that's not technical rope. I carry a waist length, so I always carry at 10 meter rope that's at least seven ish, seven to eight mil because hand lines have to do emergency rescue. So um, I also carry a few carabiners and, and some stuff to build a kind of makeshift harness if I had to. Today, I, I kind of integrated that in with all my gear because we have harnesses and we have vertical gear. So that's kind of a, a little bit different today. I kind of pulled that gear out mm. just because it does. It need, I'm gonna probably need it to help build anchors and stuff. And we have we're gonna leave our harnesses on the whole time. Pretty so much. out of the two camps of the people out there, the people that are like, yeah, Sean just spoke French or, or German or some other language to us, but the other people are like, man, this guy knows what he's talking about. So yeah, so I mean, yeah, so horizontal caving. Most people do horizontal caving. So if you went to Horn Lake, yeah. which is everybody knows about. You can do a bunch of cool horizontal turtles. It doesn't mean you won't climb and go down stuff. It just means you won't be involved in any... You're going, you won't through, have the You're going You'll, through the earth yeah, opposed to going yeah, down, Yeah, and, and you won't be like what we would, what some people would call rock climbing. It's, totally. Right. So anytime... My general rule is anything over a con- continuous drop that's over two meters, you need a rope of some kind. Now, it may be just a rope that's an extra handhold. That's right. where a hand line is just really a rope that you won't necessarily hook a harness to but it's like a rope that hangs down that you can hold on to because maybe the holds are too slippery like caves are notoriously muddy sure as most people have seen pictures they never really dry and, out and 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 not here anyway and <laughs> all pretty uh australia a little bit few, yeah. yeah and they're not some, here but like if it's yeah, everything is so, yeah yeah so, yeah so it's so wet, wet. yeah there are a few dry caves but yeah generally speaking i mean that's like, what made the caves in the first place yeah, exactly right? yeah so the the slippery mud it's actually you'll be climbing up on holy crap, this is like a skating <laughs> rink. And like, you're like, oh, I'm a little high. So that's where hand lines, things like having aids to climb are common. So like we think about in, there are some guys, including myself, who are climbers as well. So we probably climb harder stuff than most cavers do. But a lot of cavers kind of get to what would be considered e, uh, intermediate climbing. And that's where you're starting to use ropes, yeah. at least as a hand line and maybe starting to actually use like where they climb the ropes. Yeah, fantastic. Right on. Well, let's let's get at her. Let's go do it. You bet. You may have noticed a little bit of a beeping sound there in the background, and I wanted to stop and pause there for a second. One of the things that I've talked about in different uh, adventures that we've gone through is making sure that you have a trip plan sent back and that communication back with whatever your home base is, is is really clear and shows where you are. And so we had sent out to our our wives, both of them had had a trip plan of what our... um, plan of attack was for each of the different adventures that we were going to be going on that day and so we were communicating back and forth on an in-reach device to make sure that they knew we were going into the cave and then we were going to text them through the in-reach 
on our way back out because the area that we were in obviously didn't have any cell service. So I just wanted to note that whenever you're going on those adventures and you have the opportunity to be able to communicate back and forth with whatever your base camp is or whatever your uh, communicate uh, your um the persons that know where you are, the people that are keeping you uh, accountable to those times, um, know as much information as possible, that they have a map, and that they have as much detail as you can give them of the adventure you're about to go on. All right, back into the cave. Okay, so so what we're doing here, so... We're at the cave. We found, yeah, yeah, found yeah. the cave. Yeah, after found the cave. Yeah, exactly. So the one thing I didn't mention last time is a whistle. I have it right on my helmet, so I never have to dig for it. I'm not nerdy, but that's all right. <laughs> I'm good with it. Um, so I leave a piece of gear at the entrance of the cave if it's not like a spot where people will steal. Like we're in the middle of the bush, right? Yeah, one of the, the commercial the Horn places. Lake or, or even Yupan, I might not. I might not leave something I'm worried about getting stolen. But I leave this because if they ever come searching for you, the first thing we'll do is look at your route, your plan that, you know, Ben Which, we already, you, which yeah, we already sent uh, out, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and um, they'll look for gear at those caves, and those are the ones we'll search first. So obviously, they'll start with the cave that they said you went into, but if there's gear, that's just a bonus. Like, oh, boom, they're still here. They didn't come pick their gear up. Remember me to yeah, pick this up. I will. Don't My worry. wife's blanket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie's going to get out after us if we don't bring yeah, it back. Yeah, and so, yeah, so that's, um, that's kind of where things are at, so... And then I'm gonna I'm putting my gloves on because I get cold. I might even put my toque on, but we're probably gonna start crawling in about 20, 30 meters. So probably won't have my toque because I'll get we'll be a little cool now. But once we get in there, man, we'll oh, be smoking hot. Be great. And we're kind of good looking too. But oh, you know. yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, at least our wives think so. Yeah, All right. exactly. Let's rock and roll. Let's do it. To paint a bit of a picture of what we're looking at, there's a couple pictures that I'll post online, but basically we're in the middle of this regenerated forest that has grown up over the years, so it's maybe 20 years old at the very most, and we're looking at just literally a hole in the ground, something that you may just walk by on a regular basis and be like, oh, a creek goes in there. What we started to see next was way beyond what you would ever imagine was going to be in that small, tiny little crack in the earth. All right, go ahead. So uh, so we have stalactites and stalagmites. We've just kind of come across our first major formation. Which is what we're looking at right now. Yeah, exactly. So you have some bacon strips, but really the classic ones are the icicle, which are the stalactite, and they're tight to the ceiling. And stalagmites, like the one we have on the floor, is on, uh, you might trip over it is how I remember. The cavers... Some cameras have a little bit more dirty uh, rhyme that goes along with that, but we'll leave that alone. So, um, but you also have baking strips. So these are all formed from water coming through the limestone and dissolving the calcium that makes up limestone. I'll get into the chemistry maybe in a little bit later when we're in a different spot. But um, yeah, so that's kind of what we have there. So how, uh, how deep do you figure we are right now? Uh, well, uh, like, like under the earth. Or, or, or under the, I have, it's hard to tell. Sure. Like I would say hundred meters, yeah. maybe. And I mean, we've been going horizontal. Yeah. And horizontal like. for 40, 50, yeah. 60 meters. Yeah. So yeah. Carry on. All right. Let's do it. Hey, so we're going to talk about the soda straw is the start of most crystals. There's some that come down like this, but with the soda straw, what happens is the rain, all rain is slightly acidic because of the carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. So when it hits the ground, it's already acid rain. So it hits the ground with limestone, kind of wiggles through the cracks, but of course it goes through the roots of trees and they have a lot of carbon dioxide too and that picks up more carbon dioxide and starts to, as acidic, starts to dissolve the limestone. But of course as it hits 
suddenly comes out into atmosphere, like a big atmosphere like the Cape, yeah. it has to balance its chemical equation. So it has to off-gas carbon dioxide, but it also has to drop some of the calcium it's picked up. So we get calcite, and so basically these ones form a little ring and they keep going. So this one here, which is, what is that, eight, 10 inches? At least is 10. Is probably almost nine, almost a thousand years old. Wow. And it varies. Some some people there's a Christian caver that has a slightly different theory, but yeah. still they're really old. Like you would, it would be five or six generations of your family, like yeah. your son, 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 yeah. son, before they would see if we broke that. Unbelievable! That yeah. is so neat. And so and then you get some that run down and drip, and then when they drip and hit the ground, they do the same thing. Oh, it's almost standing on another stalagmite, and it splashes and lets more calcium, and that forms all the different crystals in this limestone cave. You have to have think. Think it's seventy percent of the limestone has to be calcium to be called limestone. So okay. that's why there's so much, and it's so beautiful. It's just crazy. Oh, it's, it's gorgeous. All here, like yeah. flowstone down here. It looks like almost little little Jabba the huts and stuff like that, <laughs> or baby huts. So cool. yeah, that's cool. That's kind of a real basic one, basic description. And then when they clog up, they start to form things like this, where they start to run over the outside, and that's where you get the classic icicle style stalactite. So like to describe what we're seeing, they literally look like white straws. Like that's what they look like hanging from, you know, thousand year old straws. Yeah. That's fantastic. I yeah, love and it. they're super fragile. I've seen them in windy caves even flex. Wow. So brittle. Yeah. All right, let's carry on. So now we are down, we've gone, done the first rappel. Yep. And there's an option for second rappel. Yeah, about, uh, yeah, about 30 meters further in, but it's, you yeah. know, we're yeah. kind of feeling like yeah. time to turn around, so. What I found really fascinating about this, like I'm, I'm trying to think back to like when I did this as a kid. Yep. So we had Yupana Caves and yep. we did the stuff up at Menzies and yep. you know, different, different stuff. And how different it is now going in here. Like I didn't expect to have like those moments of why am I here? Right? It's different. Yeah, yeah, it was absolutely. a really, I didn't expect that part of it just because, oh, you know, I do adventure, you do all this stuff. And mm, caving is a little different. It is. It is. So for you, what is it that, like, was it ever a time like that for you when you first uh, oh, started? Oh, for sure. And there's, and, and more tired you are, yeah. the worse it is. So the one that was clear to me where I was almost crying. Um, is called Rip Cave. And I'm going to do it one more time because my son was not old enough and mm -hmm. he wants to do it. But it's got, like, you start the rappel laying down and then you drop in and it opens up. It's great, great rappel. But then mm -hmm. you have to go up the rope and you have to stick your feet in first. So by the time I'm, I waste half an hour doing this, my buddy was way fitter than me. He literally, I got to one point where he literally, I, he comes out and I, he had pushed me up. And I'm like, his partner's like, why don't you just go down a couple meters and just take a chill? Because I'm almost crying, freaking out, right? Because yeah. it's a 20 meter climb. Yeah. And it's tight and it's, 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 you're it's right, more, right next to the, yeah, it's jaggedy. Yeah. And it's grabbing every part of me. And, I'm, and of course, I have old school coveralls. So the big pockets are catching. And I'm yeah. like, oh. And at one point, my buddy comes out and I guess literally he's pushing up my butt. And I stood on his face when he moved. <laughs> so at that point, I mean, he's like, it's all good, man. You would do the same for me. And I'm like, and actually would, because he, he got partway and then he got pooched just as he had to do the last kind of, it's almost like a chin up. Like it's almost like a dino in climbing, right? Yeah. Like it's like those jumps. And so I fed him a piece of rope and tied it off. So he had enough to kind of help pull, give him a little thing. So it's just about that thing. And frankly, 
A, I'm, I'm definitely an adrenaline junkie. Self, self, first adrenaline like, We were talking about the amygdala in the brain and like yeah. the fear center in the brain. I was like, I can feel mine real close to the surface today. Yeah, my, it depends. And I've had, I have had moments. The psychological aspect is mm. probably what I like. Yeah. I've guided quite a few kids with probably three or four different camps and I... How many, how many kids do you figure? Oh my gosh, I don't even know. Like Hundreds probably. Yeah, well over... Well over 150, probably easy. Sure. It's t- about 10 or 12 at a time normally, with the exception of the this previous summer where we did 20. That was a little crazy. Yeah. But I had lots of help, so it was good. Um, but I went to go into this crawl, and the kids had all done it. It was not very long, so only about a meter. Mm. But the problem was, if we know first aid, in the old days, we used to do a thing called a sternal rub, where you take the knuckles and run it across your breastbone to yep. see if the person was conscious. Yep. And it works real well, but it hurts like a dick. And so I, I'm crawling in. My harness got hooked, and then a stupid rock sternal rubbed me. So, oh, I, freak, yeah. so I pull out, and the kids, the one girl almost started to cry. She didn't tell me this till later, but she just... She kind of saw me as a father figure, so it was just like, what happened to the guy? He just got hurt or something. He freaked out because I had pushed all the kids ahead of me, right? Yeah, yeah. And so like, just give me a moment, so good. Let me tighten up my strap. And it was fine, and we continued on, it was fine, but it was just like, oh, crap, okay, I just need a moment here to clear the tears from my eyes and stuff. So, it, yeah, it, you know, more tired, um, you know, things are going on. Like, uh, cavers have a saying, we say, like, you want to be very transparent. Like, we talk quite often. How are you doing? Where are you at? Is there something in the background we need to know about before yeah. we start this? I mean, soldiers talk about this too when they're going into kind of combat situations, sure. right? This whole like, you know, this, this we're going into us in a situation that is technical. It has multiple variables in it, and and there's 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 a lot of things that you know in theory could go wrong. Exactly, but you need to be on the same page yeah. because. It's it's any time that you're in the back country, I find it's the same thing yeah. because everybody all of a sudden becomes your buddy because yeah. you just don't know if they're going to be the person that's going to be carting you out because you broke yeah. your ankle, right? Well, and, and, and the problem with caving because of the enclosed nature now, we're you know it's a vertical rescue yeah. if we actually break an ankle. So you saw me, I, I went ahead, but I was very careful. I'm like, okay, I'm not jumping around. Okay, and I'm like, oh, this hole here, and I just want to get my bearings where where I was. Yeah, everything's like, calculated. Turn yeah. it on your brain, like yeah, you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Turn on your brain and make sure you're paying attention and stuff. And I mean, that's like when my son was little, so like 12, he started caving probably at eight. But when we got into this cave, he's been all the way to the end. Yeah. Twice or three times, I can't remember. But when he was 10 or 12, when we moved, yeah probably 12 or 13 it was like whoa slow down because i've even met adults i'm like dude you can't like climbing 20 meters up without a rope and stuff like oh i don't know how to get down like frick now i can go (laughs) save this person right totally so anyways it's yeah it's really cool and i just i'm happy to go wherever i enjoy it this is definitely you filled you you've kind of fulfilled something with me it's like definitely more technical for me the vertical caving is probably more where my jam is sure i mean just because the more vertical you get, the more crazy the crystals are, sure. as we call them, the pretties, because the, it just is undisturbed. Like, yeah. My favorite one is this cave, and if you ever see, I have a video on uh, my YouTube channel that is uh, called Mini Gill Cave. It's a hundred, a 30 meter, 31 meter rappel, 100 foot. It looks like God just took an axe and struck the ga- ground, and it's a canyon. So it's actually, wow. there's crawly sections in it, but it's pers- most of it's just this canyon. Yeah. And it's actually a river, so you actually have trout swimming. It's So like, all it's just, 
it's insane. Yeah. Like there, there literally is unbelievable stuff around the next corner. Like yeah. we saw that little pond just, you know, just down yeah. here. And a little corner, before. a little window yeah. into it, yeah, right? Exactly, right. So what, it's so sweet. What I thought was really, really fascinating, Sean, was when it was going through and I was having like this moment, is how you switched right into coach mode. You were like, adventure buddy, here we go. We're good. Let's go. Let's check all this stuff out. And as soon as I was like, you know, actually, I'm feeling this. You went, no problem. And you switched gears. You did it smooth as anybody could ever shift a standard car. Oh, my gosh. You're beautiful. You know, I try. No, no, man. That was great. That was awesome. And and then that's the thing. And you need to. And and you need to do it. Like in the day I talked, now I was stressed, right? Like we both switched thing, right? Like John was like, yeah, man, you got it. Don't worry. Like and stuff don't worry you stood on my face and i didn't hear that until i saw it. i'm like oh okay, there's a boot mark on your face sorry buddy you know yeah. i didn't stand hard and i didn't squid you know didn't squid but yeah exactly there's that a teamwork switch. yeah there's yeah, a big that, teamwork dynamic and, and 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 that's i think the the part that i discovered when i i went to um a camp on the south island they did caving and and i don't know if they harnessed it before i came mm. but the teamwork aspect of it of totally working out it's like we leave one person on the surface because, oh, you're having a bad day. Okay, just go sit in the surface. Plug. You went in. That's great. Right. Like it's Best outcome for choice. everybody, right? right? Like, exactly. It's a sliding scale. You got 10 meters in the cave. Great. You went to the end. Awesome. You know what? It, it's all these things. It doesn't really matter. It's just cool. And it's it's interesting. And and be entirely honest, it's one of those things. Caving is not everybody's cup of tea, mm. even at the start. Like my dad got in, almost ran over his granddaughter escaping from a cave one time just because he's the claustrophobia, he just, he, he's not prepared to make the mental jumps. Mm. And that's fine. I mean, that's good. I mean, I've always been wanting to push the boundaries of my own, my own personality and yeah. comfort zone. So it's just something I do. Sometimes you go too far. Yeah. And for sure, I've definitely had some days where I've sat in a cave and cried, had a bit of a good cry because totally. I'm like, oh, that was dumb. But the experiences and things oh, that you've you know, had and, and I've incredible. gone back, right? Yeah. Like there's very few other than, like I said, that one cave, but it's mostly because for everybody, they do it once or twice because it's just like, it's rip cave for a reason. It rips your clues. <laughs> Anyways, it's all good. So yeah. that's awesome, man. Right on. Well, we'll head back up to yeah, the surface and uh, yeah. we'll wrap her up. Yeah, you bet. Well, I've kind of made the commitment that I'm going to be honest with you when it comes to my stories and adventures, and I will be completely transparent that I had had multiple different moments where I was like, I cannot do this. I cannot carry on. It was a very uh, bizarre feeling having had lots of different adventures uh, all over the island over the years. There's been a few different moments where I have felt that moment of like, I don't know that I can carry on. But it'd been a while, and it wasn't a part of my my emotional state. It wasn't a part of my mental state that I had visited in quite some time, and it was a very surreal experience to be in that moment there, not knowing if I could do this, not knowing if I could even keep it together. Caving is just one of those activities that you do not want to go into lightly, and it's a great way to to experience something completely new and to be out of your element, but you need that guide and I was extremely thankful for Sean. He was able to switch those gears like we mentioned and be able to become that coach right in that moment. So if you know somebody in your life that has been that coach or has been that mentor, make sure to give them a high five. Make sure to send them a message and be like, hey, thank you so much for being that for me, for helping me get through some of those things that maybe I wasn't so good at. As it's really important to be able to pour back into those people to be able to show them what they mean to you. 
And Sean, that is definitely you. So if you're listening here, it was an absolute pleasure and privilege to be able to watch you in your element, be able to do what you needed to do to get me to point A to point B and then back again, even though I had my moments, even though it was something beyond what I was comfortable with. Um, you were there and coached it. I really appreciate that. I really hope that you've enjoyed the adventures of uh, being underground in the cave experience. Like I cannot stress um, this one enough, and Sean did this as well, but it is not something that you want to just go and uh, and start without uh, a proper mentor or guide to go with you. And so take a look around, see what you can find. Send us an email if you're looking for somebody to connect you with uh, the caving community because there are a lot of people on Vancouver Island that are experts in this area who really know what they're doing and have an incredible amount of experience to be able to show other people how to do it well. And, and so if you want that information, just send us an email. But do not go and uh, and start doing these adventures just on your own, especially in the caving world. If you are interested in doing it at um, at a more of a you know leisurely pace to be able to just just see some of these cool spaces, uh, Yupana Caves is a wonderful location, as well as Houston Park, uh, Little Houston Provincial Park is also a great way to be able to check that out as well. There's a couple different places, and then Horn Lake Caves in the Mid Island as well has different opportunities that you can look up there as well, but. There are lots of ways to experience caves in a very fun and safe way. And then there is a ways that are very technical and have a lot more dynamics added to them. This particular adventure was one of those. And I hope that you enjoyed hearing Sean's expertise and the different knowledge and, uh, and just the incredible person that he is. So thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed. Join us next week on another Wild Island or Wednesday where we're having another guest who I'm excited to reveal as well. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you want to follow along on more of the journey, follow us on Instagram and Facebook where we'll have pictures and videos and different sections of this journey that we had recorded while caving with Sean. And if you haven't already had the chance, please give us a rating or review on any of the podcast platforms that you call home for your listening pleasure. Please let us know what you think of these episodes. The goal is to be a resource and a fantastic opportunity to hear the stories of the people and the places of this incredible place we call Vancouver Island. Thanks, Wild Islanders. We'll see you next Wednesday.